today we are welcoming my friend Rob Schneider. Uh, he kind of uh, has been promoted in the press as comedian Rob Schneider. That doesn't quite capture all of Rob's talents, uh, including uh, having been a screenwriter and a film actor and a producer uh, and a Saturday Night Live uh, script, which is really a, a um, skit, you know, skit-based uh, improv uh, sort of comedy. So he does he does everything. But the uh, New York Times and others have labeled him uh, a a problem that he is some sort of uh, misinform source of grave misinformation and needs to be silenced. And he and I did a show back in 2020 that New York Times reacted to with uh, vilification. And we will review that article. Uh, in the meantime, lately, Rob has become somewhat of a firebrand on Twitter, I've noticed. Uh, I'll read you some of his recent tweets before we get right into the body of the show. Take a brief break here and be right back with the great Rob Schneider. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous. I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. You have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. I think everyone knows the next medical crisis could be just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of another pandemic or something much more routine like a tick bite. You and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their physicians on like Dr. McCullough frequently. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals you can trust. And their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. It's really, it's a safety net. It's an insurance policy yeah, absolutely. that you hope you're not going to need, but if you need it, you sure as heck are going to wish you had it if you need it. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin, z -Pak. The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all these life-saving medications. From anthrax to tick bites, to COVID-19, the Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured, knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to help you and your family stay safe from whatever life throws at you next. Go to drdrew.com slash TWC, that is drdrew.com forward slash TWC to get 10% off today. Just click on that link. Thank you to our friends at TWC. I think they're going down a very interesting road there, and we'll have access to a lot of interesting uh, medical treatments, frankly. Uh, but stay tuned for more of that. Uh, as I was saying, Rob Schneider, uh, I've known Rob for a long time. We used to live in the same community, and I think that's how we got hooked up, or maybe through Loveline. But um, we'll talk about the little journey he and I have been on through COVID together. Uh, we were um, <laughs> put in various uh, cancellation prisons. The guillotine was brought out especially for us and we'll we'll uh, look in retrospect using the retrospectoscope how wise was were those those brilliant journalists uh at the time in 2020 and i just noticed um 
Emily Barr sent me a, a, a uh, article that was written about a tweet that Rob put out that essentially said, Canada, what's wrong with you? Please reclaim your, your rightful place in, the, in being the coolest country in the world. The great Rob Schneider joins us and a fan of Canada in spite of their recent prime minister's excesses. <laughs> I know. It's, and, but the thing is, there is no consequence. There's no repercussions for this tyrannical behavior. I mean, Justin Trudeau... Now is backtracking and saying that he never, he never forced anyone to get vaccinated. He never forced anyone, and it just you know they forget. They we have video, we have the proof, we have the documents. I know, and it's I know a, they um, say this stuff into they say these things into a microphone with a camera rolling. And go, what, what are you talking about? I don't, I don't remember anything. What are you talking about? It, it's really too much. The public to have no memory. That's all. And, they and you know what? On. Uh, I, I guess, but there are too many people that were so profoundly harmed by their behavior. Uh, you think of the truckers in Canada. I just think of the businesses in California that were just destroyed. The, the, and I also, I'm beginning to get, get a growing concern about college kids who were forced to take vaccines in order to go back to college. This is the, uh, I don't know, I mean, you probably are up in the Biden versus Missouri case where uh, the, the, the circuit judges are consistently you know, looking at the behavior of the government saying, this is, this is reprehensible. Well, and the, the that behavior. Did, they did silence anybody who uh, opposed uh, the government talking points and government, uh, which turned out to be government propaganda. And it was actual censorship. Uh, it just was a first amendment violation. That's the reason why it is the first amendment. We've got to remind people because with that, you don't, without free speech, you don't have any other rights. They all go. So this was a, a government that you would think it would come out of the 19, something out of the 1950s uh, that was way worse, actually, because it really did silence any opposition, anyone. And these are talking about doctors. These are active censorship from anyone who who dared oppose uh, what turned out to be um, incorrect uh, medical assumptions. And this the whole the idea that science is somehow done and figured out and we've got it all figured out and yet you could silence anybody who opposes it science is just simply the uh process of uh experimentation to find a regularity that's never finished it's never finished it is a it's a procedure it's it's a it's a mechanism to help us ascend to a contemplation of truth it is not the yeah, truth uh yeah <laughs> and it's to be it's an openness to the truth Whatever that truth yeah, skepticism, is. Skepticism. Well, and the openness requires skepticism at all times. Always skeptical. All that, that was trained in skepticism. Allowed, if you are not allowed to ask the questions, then then you don't then it has then it's not about finding the truth. It's about sticking to a doctrine. And then you're really talking about what I believe what all this was was a religion. And it exposed what you and I both kind of saw coming back in 2020 was the capture and uh, the capture of industry. I'm sorry, the capture of our regulatory boards by industry, right. whereas the, right. the revolving door between the pharmaceutical industry and government uh, boards uh, that are supposed to protect government health, I'm sorry, the people's health, like the Center for, for Disease Control and the FDA, there's just a revolving door. And so you have um, very easily the, the mouthpieces of industry, which is paid by industry, like the New York Times, to just do a hit piece like they did on us in March of, or was it April or March of 2020? April, April of 2020. But we're, we're going to go early. line by line through it. 
We're going to go line by line through it because I, I want us to I want us to just mock the shit out of these people because that's the only thing defense you have. You can either take legal action and really hurt people, which is what their intention was, or at least yeah. what they did. I don't know. I don't really know what their intention was, frankly. I, I'm sure they perhaps thought they were just hysterical. Uh, or we can mock them, and and mocking is another way to sort of put them in their place. But back to your mention of McCarthyism in the fifties. In, in the 50s, the ex, you know, and by the way, the very people that are using these tactics today to silence and undermine the First Amendment privileges of people are the people that my whole lifetime have been pointing at the 1950s and going, that is the worst excesses of any organization in the history of mankind, which I always agreed with and continue to agree with. But back then, they, because of the McCarthy-era silencing of opinions, 90 professors, 90 university professors lost their jobs. And because of that, some laws were put in place to protect these people and their free speech. I was listening to uh, Greg Lukianoff, a First Amendment attorney on Lex Friedman's podcast, and he said, not only is the same thing happening, 200 professors have been fired today under the same sort of excess of silencing for not having proper speech and those firings are accelerating we're not stopping at 200 those 90 in the 1950s we thought was unbelievable will never happen again now we're at 200 and climbing rapidly what you have is you have a uh, an intolerance that is um endemic to our society and that's why it's important to point out these little hitlers in our society they're not so little uh, you know, first of all, you, you you realize, and not that you can excuse, but you see like the Gavin Newsom's and the 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 Governor Whitmer's of Michigan, the one in California here. They love being on the news every morning. They love being out there and getting their face out there, and it is a it is a power that they they love to to have. But what what is really interesting is how susceptible society is to panic, to a sense of uh, mm. doing something yes. about it. I didn't know. Yeah. I yeah, agree. We didn't know. We took it for granted that people would would take a breath and not work so fast, and that you these these rights, which you just assume was written in stone, you realize it's written in a piece mm. of paper, be taken away yeah. extremely quickly. It reminds me of the um, an interesting book by it was it was Daniel Goldman uh, in, in the nineteen early nineties about the Hitler's willing executioners. Now, what what the mm -hmm. his theory was that at the time before he wrote that book, it was that well there was a society just like ours, and then the economic conditions became so bad that they needed a scapegoat to blame, and the, you know, they, they're gonna just blame the Jews and gypsies and homosexuals. Well, that, I, I, I bought it, so that was what academia kind of accepted. But what Goldberg was saying was that, in Hitler's Willing Executioners, was that mm. um, that's not really true. Was that in society, some of the, in European society, some of the foundational thinking was anti-Semitism. Whereas every 60, mm. 70 years, pogroms, even in the early 20th century, I was making a film in the Czech Republic. And um, in 1905, you know, one of the centers of Europe, you had like, well, Paris and of course, Vienna and London, Berlin, also Prague. And this, the town elders were like, you know, this, this part of town is pretty beautiful. Uh, how can we get more of it? Well, you can't. It's already there. Well, how about if we just limit the number of Jews? So that's why in 1905, they literally kicked out and limited the number of Jews in that area. So this was the, the thinking of, uh, of that book. Now I come back to the fact of, I just think that they are, there are 
there are segments of society that are susceptible to looking to blame people. And if you just take out the word, uh, you know, uh, unvaccinated during this whole uh, program of the unvaccinated, just put in the word Jew, put in the word homosexual, and you realize what this is. It's just another a group of people to blame for their problems when things scapegoating. get Scapegoating, scapegoat. Rob. It's a scapegoat. Scapegoating mechanisms are very powerful. They are in human societies and groups everywhere, and especially when the predominant personality becomes narcissistic. Then it that narcissistic rage comes up, and as opposed to directing it at each other, they must all gather and direct it at one, which is much more gratifying. And, and what is. people who do engage in that behavior don't realize is it's mathematically certain that eventually everyone goes on the guillotine. Not just the wow. people you're scapegoating. It's only it's waiting for you as well. Just look at the French That's, Revolution. It's a perfect it, example yeah. of it. You know, the, the, the United States was disproportionately the, uh, the shaming and demonizing. The New York Times ran a piece, I'm furious at the unvaccinated. And they said it was dispro dis disproportionately low income. So get it? These broke people don't want don't to help out. So they're mocking the, you know, Don Lemon said these are these people refusing vaccines were idiotic and nonsensical. And Noam Shamsky, who made his, you know, a, a human rights hero for most of us, you know, uh, uh, traditional uh, liberals, he's he he was so far off on his saying what a, uh, Noam Shamsky is saying that um, uh, that unvaccinated should remove themselves from society and be isolated. What about how would they get food? Well, actually, that's their problem. So we really have uh, it was it was something systemic in our society that allows us. And what we need to be careful about next time this comes up, because I believe there will be mm. a next time. Mm. Will we have learned what will we have learned? And, and what are some of the signs that we could we could point to for our listeners to say this is this is a sign where we're no longer being logical and rational. We're just looking for scapegoats. Well, there's a, there's a lot of signs we could have looked at. And first first and foremost, this uh, idea of calling somebody or some group dirty, infected, gross, and you know, less than, any of that. It's funny, I just came upon an old uh, Benjamin Franklin article where he was railing on non-whites. And what was he talking about? They were, in fact, they were coming to the, the Pennsylvania that he loved and were destroying it. He was talking about non-Saxon Germans. <laughs> they were the non-whites he was worried about. I mean, it shows you how the, our human brain will, will create groups out of everything. And it's just, it's faulty. It's delusional. It's not okay. You have to fight what against it do, constantly. When you see people who are rational and normal and like a brilliant thinker like Benjamin Franklin, but there's still that, that part of, his, of, of all human beings that are susceptible to falling into the trap of scapegoating and, and being um, intolerant. Yeah. 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 That's the thing to keep. And well, now on. we have. Well, now we have. And now we've gone full circle. Well, now we're intolerant in the name of tolerance. This is the Rousseauian. This Rousseau painted this picture. He created this nonsense. And Rousseau himself was a terrible asshole, terrible human <laughs> being. I mean, like beyond horrible. He with the with the uh, what, what was his thing about the natives, the 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 kind natives, or the, the hit some some aphorism. And uh, it's he, that's what I noticed in Hollywood. They say, "Don't punch down." These guys, you're punching down with your comedy. Well, that well, that whole uh, that whole premise of punching down means that you're you see yourself above these people, and that you need to protect them because they're so feeble and so less than you that right. they can't defend themselves. Right. I find that you know horrendously. Uh, 
uh, intolerant Probl- as well. It's a problematic, a problematic okay. construct. Uh, but, but I will tell you, hubris is the enemy. Okay, so there's one enemy we can look for. So irrational certainty. Irrational okay. certainty has ruled the day. So rational uncertainty should always be how you position yourself. I, I got a little hubristic too. That's one of my self-criticisms back. We're going to evaluate our own behavior back in April 2020. And one of my shortcomings was I, I saw the panic being being driven. I thought it was exclusively the press doing it. So I was fighting that back because I knew panic never makes things better, ever 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 but i didn't know the government was in on the act only recently have i come to understand with all the twitter files and the biden versus missouri uh discovery it's just it's astonishing how much the government was involved with it it's incredible that it's gotten out it really is incredible that it's gotten out in such a short amount of time uh the only thing that's more incredible is how and i was i wanted to talk about this because there became a point after Watergate, which when you look back at Watergate, I mean, Nixon was not involved mm. in on the break and didn't know anything about it. He was only involved in the cover up, which was enough to have him. Well, I guess we call it canceled now and mm-hmm. and forcing him to resign. That doesn't seem to have been a, a big deal when you have like, you know, <laughs> you have Joe Biden, the, the defense for the Democrats. Yes, his son was took 24 million. But the, the, how do we know uh, that the president was in the room? It was at his house. Yeah, we don't know if he was in the room. But the, the defense is an admission of guilt. How far we've gone. And I still I think the same way with uh, with uh, COVID and how like these these things will be forgotten so quickly. And will there be any lessons learned? The only way we can do it is if we have some repercussions for this reprehensible behavior. That's but when right. you reelect, that's right. When you reelect Governor Whitmer, when you when you don't hold, uh, when you allow uh, Governor Newsom to make excuses and pretend that he was keeping things open when they absolutely weren't, that's just a lie. Oh, absolutely. And, not. You know, yeah. And and Trudeau just a liar. I mean, the fact that they closed bank accounts. I mean, literally, they closed um, one bank, closed the account of um, uh, in in, um, in in England. There was a bank that closed the account of the uh, mm. of a member of the opposition, a leader of the opposition, and that the head of the bank there resigned. But there's there's no resignation in Canada. There's no resignation in the United States. There's no repercussions at all for this behavior. So what do we do? Yeah. Well, there, there, I, I think it's coming. I, I think that, uh, you know, cases like Missouri versus Biden is going to result in some restrictions of these sorts of behaviors. I believe there's going to be some action on public health um, autonomy and their ability to run, you know, fiat control over, over populations. I believe yeah. there are going to be some major, major lawsuits against things like universities that force kids to take a vaccine in order to come to school. I, there, there was an article that came out, Rob, the, Rob, this article came out this week in Circulation, which is a very fine, high-end cardiology journal. It's called Circulation. I've been throwing, I've been sending it around to people, and it showed, it, it took my breath away. I, I, was, I was shocked at how, how, what an indictment it was. It showed that myocarditis was not that common, and not that uncommon in young males. Certainly, more common than severe COVID in that group. Okay, so myocarditis more common than severe COVID. So you're putting people at risk and taking away little problems. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. 
And then you've heard all this. It's just myocarditis. It's just my. It's just for itself limited. Somebody myocarditis throughout my career is a medical emergency, and now this article showed for the first time that about half of the kids, these were adolescent males who got myocarditis, are going to have lifelong cardiac dysfunction, which means a significant percentage are going to end up in heart failure, hopefully at an advanced age, but if not, on the transplant list. That, that is uh, beyond criminal. That is stuff that was... Well, that's where the suit, that's where it's going to come. That's where it's going to come in from, stuff like that. Um, well, so we're, we're, like, if, like, so, and so, and so before we go read our article together, <laughs> um, I, I want to, uh, set the stage so people understand this, that, that Rob and I have, um, the life of our friendship disagreement about vaccines. And I've always sure. been open-minded and Rob's always been tossing me books and stuff. Uh, and the result of this experience in COVID uh, has me reading Turtles All the Way Down and all these other books trying to figure out, like, oh boy, what's, you know, what's, I, I just became open to things I was not open to before. Now, having said that, I have still vaccinated all my elderly patients. They have benefited from it. I've seen no adverse event. Even if I did see an adverse event, let's say I got myocarditis, I picked the case, we saw myocarditis, and we saw ventricular dysfunction down the line, it still would have been worth it because I teach like people in their 80s and 90s. And those people, COVID was dev devastation. So it was worth the risk to prevent the devastation. But to prevent, pretend there was no risk and to mandate it for, and by mandate, I mean prevent people from going on with their businesses or their college careers. That's a mandate, guys. Uh, mandating it for people for whom the benefits are not at all clear and the potential adverse events are starting to really mount up, I don't understand what we're doing. I just don't well, know. Well, it's, it's, even, it's even more criminal than that. I mean, the, the head of the Walensky, the head, Rachel Walensky, the head of the CDC, knew a week ahead of time that uh, it was not safe for pregnant women to, to take this. There was I, no I still it. don't think her, I still don't think her kid got vaccinated. They kept asking her oh. and she kept sort of avoiding the question. Like, well, he's been vaccinated. Why do you let him go to camp? It's like, oh, camp. I mean, yeah, what am I going to do? You know, it, like, why didn't you let him go to camp? If you were so convinced the vaccine was all you needed. The, you payoff, go to camp. For all these, the payoff for all these people on our regulatory boards is the revolving door uh, and that's why I support Bobby Kennedy for president, because he's the only one talking about this. The revolving door, if you look at Julie Gerberding, goes from the head of the CDC vaccine division to the head of Merck vaccine, who makes vaccines, which are can totally, you know, yeah. the only immunity that was given from the COVID vaccines was to the pharmaceutical companies to not get sued. So you have yeah. you have people like Julie Gerberding, and you have people like the new Julie Gerberding, which is Walensky, who just resigned knowing that saw the writing on the wall. And she knew that it was not safe. I mean, I remember like for pregnant women weren't even supposed to take aspirin. Here we have a, a you know, a, um, a drug that was tested on the last time, 10 mice, 10 mice. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And you're going to talk about giving it to pregnant women. And she knew from, from the freedom of information that they, that these were not safe. She had that information. Uh, and she had that from Israel. And all of a sudden, she just just says she goes on CNN saying it's perfectly safe to do anyway. That's a crime against humanity. Now going back to about the, the about the vac vaccinology, it's just an it, vaccines. Vaca just meaning cow and cowpox is what vaccines are. You have to look at this 
and look at the history of it. And how long did you study, did they teach you about vaccines at your medical school? In all honesty. We know history other than the sort of somewhat apocryphal story about the guy that sucked the, you know, cowpox in England and then the, yeah. the guy that did the smallpox in, in the United States or in the colonial America. But, but, but it's sort it of brushed so past a lot, a lot about immune function, a lot about immune function and what cells are activated and how they're activated and some of the, you know, right. these, but, but these are not, of science. But, but the by the way, that was back when we were getting children got five vaccines back then. You know now saying? we have what well, you have. It's an evergreen drug. It's it's an evergreen cash cow for um, once in 1986, when Reagan passed the uh, Vaccine Childhood Safety Act, Congress actually in, in the congressional record, Congress said the Childhood Vaccine Safety Act, the vaccines are unavoidably unsafe. However, the, it, ju it does justify, uh, you know, the potential benefits justify this potential risk. Now, what I'm saying is if you look back at that, if you take just to, to look at one drug, we'll, we'll take a look at yeah. two. If you look at the measles vaccine, if you can take a look at when the measles vaccine came into society, the death from measles had dropped, it literally dropped to practically zero deaths. And that's before the measles vaccine was put in. I mean, they even made fun of measles on the Brady Bunch. So if you take a look at that, it, it was no longer necessary to vaccinate everybody. The same thing with chickenpox. Well, so but, this, but, there, it's, but there's an interesting, financial. so there's interesting, this was what was my pushback on that back in the day when you would bring this up, which was you've never seen somebody die of measles, I have. Uh, and it was in a, a child and an adult I've seen, a child that was not vaccinated, an adult that was vaccinated. Well, did they have other underlying they, health issues? Just like in COVID, no, did they have underlying not, health not, issues? No, no. No, well, what not, are the at not at you, all. You have to look at. Well, that's, that's the that's, point. I, I understand. Case, I, I, so, so, so hang on. Is, so I want to make your case for saying, you. Hold on. I'll make your case you look, for you. If you look at the numbers before the vac before the vaccine measles vaccines came in, before it came in, the deaths were uh, practically zero. I didn't say zero. So, so what zero. makes There's me wonder? Here's percent safe. Never been a drug. Hundred percent safe. Hundred percent of the time for hundred percent of the people. Right. Of course. That's what any course. But. 100% true, uh, even Tylenol, whatever. I've said, I've had people die of liver failure from taking moderate amounts of Tylenol. Um, so, so here's, but here's, I want to make your point for you a little bit, which is I keep trying to figure out why the pediatricians are so aggressive with the vaccines. And then I thought, oh, remember my experience with the measles? Maybe they've seen a little too much and it's biased them. You know, they're not really looking at the numbers. The fact that Kids don't really have problems with this, but they get to see the ones that do, and it, and it yes. biases them, and it makes them want to stop it. And and, and they look at the well, vaccine data, and they go, "Well, there's nothing here for these little kids. They do fine with it. They don't get myocarditis. We got to vaccinate the kids." I think there's something like that going on. Does that make sense? Well, what happened? I think it, it does make sense, and I'm not saying that the pediatricians. I, don't, I think they're well intentioned. However, what we've done though is that like these these common childhood. Uh, illnesses like chickenpox or measles. Mm. To me, these are things that educate the immune system. I, I think it is a real a real problem mm. how we're looking at this thing as, as far as that bacteria and viruses seem to be the enemy of humanity. Maybe. And that Maybe. we uh, they are and that our for every human cell we have on our body, we have 10 non-human cells. And this isn't the enemy. This is a bridge to to a, a kind of balance with the world. So what we've done in essence, Again, and I don't think, yeah. is we've you, traded you, you, normal- I gotta take a break. Yeah, we traded yeah, I normal get, I get what you're saying. For yeah, chronic and I, illnesses. And I think this, 
Yeah, maybe, maybe. And I think people are hearing this argument more than ever. And like I said, I would have dismissed this five years ago completely. And and now, and now I'm kind of thinking, mm, we got to figure this out. There's something going on here. And I, I got to take a break. Right, all right. Yeah. I had a good. What they say? What they say? Tell me the NIH for you. Fifty-four percent of American children's now suffer from <laughs> That's that's an outrageous number. Yeah, that in what? itself is something we got. We got to do something about that. But by the way, I am going to be uh, moderating a panel with RFK Jr. on October twenty-seventh in San Jose. You want to come up there? I'll get you tickets. And with the Asim Mohatra is coming, uh, and, a, and a food capture woman that's an expert in that topic. I don't remember her name. It's on my, on that poster, but it's uh, at a big theater in San Jose, and I'm really looking forward to it. I I I, uh, I love that uh, RFK Jr. is stirring things up there. But I have to take a break, and um, I have a, I have a special present for you when we get back, Rob. So stand by. Okay. Special present uh, after this break. Fall is right around the corner, which means dry, flaky red skin from allergy season is coming with it. But the best way to take care of your skin is with our skincare secret, GenuCell. You don't need to worry about that puffy, tired eye look or those annoying dark spots or even dry, flaky skin because GenuCell skincare has you covered. Susan and I love our GenuCell products so much, we want you to try our personally curated skincare bundles. It's risk-free at GenuCell.com slash Drew. GenuCell works so well, you can see the results in this unplanned live moment on our show when the Redness Repair Cream repaired my skin in just minutes right before your eyes. Their concentrated vitamin C serum helps keep your skin plump and hydrated. Plus, with their immediate effects, you can see astonishing results in under 12 hours. Quick, effective, and easy. Go to GenuCell.com slash Drew right now to try our bundles and save over 60% today. And remember to enroll in GenuCell's world-class concierge program for additional savings and free shipping. Don't wait. It's GenuCell.com slash Drew. G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash D-R-E-W. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is, there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, gold. And you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just visit birchgold.com slash Drew for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. I do not give financial advice, and previous performance is no guarantee of future performance. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew to get your free info kit on gold. That is B-I-R-C-H-G-O-L-D dot com slash D-R-E-W. These products have transformed my life and Susan's and saved her marriage. Discover the key to oral hygiene, regardless of your current daily dental routine, whether you diligently brush and floss multiple times a day, or you struggle, you got bleeding gums, bad breath, plaque buildup, this revelation is for both of you. Surprisingly, over 350,000 Americans experience health issues that may be connected to their toothbrush or even caused by it, ranging from heart or blood sugar problems, forgetfulness, digestive difficulties, immune issues, all related to oral hygiene. Scientific studies have shown that a simple switch of your toothbrush can lead to a healthier teeth 
and potentially save your marriage. Yes, save your marriage. Our study, we did a personal study. My wife, Susan, hates the sound of the sonic toothbrushes, but introducing the real white sonic toothbrush, of course, also their hydroxyapatite dirty mouth mineral toothpaste by Primal Life Organics, these products have transformed my life and Susan's and saved her marriage. It's much quieter. It's a very powerful toothbrush, but it is quiet and it saved our marriage. So the Real White Sonic Toothbrush from Primal Life Organics stands out among all other electric toothbrushes I've tried. It effectively eliminates plaque, harmful bacteria, promotes gum health. Get yours and enjoy 60% off at naturaltoothbrush.com slash DREW. Yeah, I'm just thinking the powers that be would like me not to have a public conversation with a friend that I disagree with. That, that's the world we live in right now. Someone whom I disagree with, who I'm willing to talk to, and has some interesting ideas, and I'm, you know, open to things I might have been way more dismissive of, but still not affecting my clinical practice. Not supposed to do that. That's interesting. Well, uh, Rob Schneider, of course, still here with us. Rob, uh, I want to bring to the stage uh, a special guest that I brought in for you. You're smiling as though you're, you're knowing smile. So uh, no, is I that don't. guest available? No. Oh, the, so uh, look at that. Hey! Boom. hey. <laughs> Jamie I Lisso. You were gonna get the New York Times. I thought you were going to get the New York Times guy on. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jamie, what he's saying is he's disappointed. I was literally waiting to see which look of disappointment Rob would use. <laughs> hey, I was I able to get, uh, Rob, Rob, I haven't been able to get you on the phone lately, and I asked Drew, what if you just bring me on the show? He can't say no. <laughs> That's right. There you go. There you go. Uh, you look so, uh, J Jamie, of course, you can see him all the time now on uh, Greg Gutfeld's show. Uh, you got some dates coming up you want to talk about real quick? Oh, sure. I'm doing, I'm doing a show in uh, a place where I opened for Rob Schneider and actually uh, met my girlfriend, a special show, the Egyptian Theater. I'll be performing December 9th. It's my first theater show ever. That's in, in, in Idaho. Is that in, in Boise, Idaho. It's in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, yeah, say yeah. where it is, Jamie. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah uh, Egyptian Theater. I thought you'd been in Hollywood. I wonder if yeah. that's why no one's been coming to my shows. <laughs> I I haven't been announcing the city where they're at. I apologize. And dude, Rob changed my life. And you know, you guys know he put me in the TV show. And I, he's one of my best friends in the world. And I owe this man everything. And I know sometimes people think like, all I do is write off the success of Rob Schneider. And that's true. And, um, but I also have stuff I do on my own, it would, separate, which is on my website, robschneidersfriend.com. <laughs> I miss you, Rob. I, I knew it. I knew I heard about that website. You 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 mentioned that early in your early appearances on Gutfeld. And I thought it was so funny that I called Rob and I go, dude, that that guy that was the assistant on your show, Real Rob, who I thought was so great and so funny, he's just killing it on uh, on uh, Gutfeld. And Rob goes, Why why you tell him yourself? He's sitting right next to me. <laughs> I thought, oh my God. <laughs> Jamie he's one of those guys who he's as funniest if you're right next to him. And like, you got to somehow redo this on stage somehow. And uh, he found a place to do it on Gutfeld. You see how quick he is. He's just, he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have to practice. He's just that guy. He's like the funniest guy that yeah. you, that you, you know, that one really hilarious friend he had, that, that's Jamie. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll tell the story about how he got, I know I hear the dogs. Oh, there. Tell the story about how um, he got the job as the, that, that, that character on Real Rob. 
everyone else said no. <laughs> and uh, we were that desperate. We were like, no. But Jamie was just the guy that, if you could just kind of do this, we had him read it, then just do that. And he's a, he actually is a terrific actor. And, and also he gets the comedic timing, you know, and uh, we really had, I mean, some of the most fun stuff I, I've ever had is just being in the scene with Jamie going back and forth. Like we were talking about um, this one thing where I'm going to give him a weapon to go and he ends up, his girlfriend gets attacked by a bear in the show. And uh, which actually was much funnier, but Patricia, uh, our partner on this, my wife, uh, she said, well, it'd be funny to have Jamie, uh, Jamie attacked by the bear. And she said, no, no, it'd be funny if Jamie, his girlfriend gets attacked and he can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah. And so she was, she was a vegan and she would be upset if I attacked, if I fought the bear because she loved animals. <laughs> so it was a very peaceful. And you see her just go. And so I uh, there was a loved- nice. I really did love Real Raw. I really was a major, major fan. I, I told you I like the music you selected. I haven't told. I don't think I've told Jamie this story yet. You should, guys should watch it. I, I'm sure you can still see it on Netflix or uh, on Amazon. But, but um, I've, I've, every time I see Rob, I give him this this rash of shit, and I, I'm going to pretend like Rob's not here because you've heard it too many times. But I don't think I've told Jamie when um, when I first started watching the show. I'm like, oh my god, it is so good, but. I watched till the end. I'm like, who did the casting? I'm like, they, 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 I'm like looking at the casting, the casting, thinking they just overcasted that wife. And they, oh my God, the wife is doing the casting. And then I'm like, and then they go on and I go, his wife, his actual wife is in the show. I'm like, oh my God, I have to tell Rob this. And Rob died laughing when I first told him. This. Like, I was like, God, the, I, no one's going to believe it, Rob. I'm sorry. They just overcast that wife. Yeah, that's the only problem with the show. Your wife is not believing it. That's the only problem with my life. My wife's not believing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's been fun. It's been fun. And Jamie's. We wanted. We got to end up doing season three somehow. You know, even if Netflix wants it or not, we're going to do it. You really should. There are a lot of, of sort of diligent fans like myself that really miss it. And, and I told you this before. You've sidestepped this question a couple of times. I love the music you use in the intros and outros and the, the, some of the jazz. And was that your selection? Yeah, yeah, I did. I worked with this a terrific uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Pinot, what's his name? I'm playing. He's a French composer, and he's really super talented. Mm. And I want to make sure and get his his name right. Kevin, he's French, and uh, I wanted some kind of French sounding music. Oh my God, Kevin Pinot! I'll I'll get his name, but he's I'll put that on the website. He's a really talented guy, and he be, did the music. Be very careful with be, be tread uh, t- navigate these waters carefully. The way you're pronouncing his name in French is getting uh, terribly close to their version of the word asshole. So, so be careful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'm so sorry about that. I'm sorry. That, but but he's, he, was, he did a great job on that. And hopefully we're good. You know, it's, it's really nice because um, it got to really get, get Jamie out there. And then, um, yeah. I mean, it's just to see him, him flourish. I mean, it really, because really, yeah. if you see Jamie, uh, J- Jamie live, you really get a taste of like a, an hour of just of hilarity. And uh, I hope people get a wow. chance to go see him in Boise, Idaho at the Egyptian. And where else are you going to be, buddy? I'm all over. I'm finishing up a tour of Florida right now. I'm going to Orlando, Port Charlotte and um, Dania Beach. You you were just at that room. I think you sold out a, a bunch more shows than they've ever sold out there. I'm, I'm headed there this weekend. Okay. Well, well, you'll have weekend, a great time. We're going to be down there. We're gonna be down to the following week, but I, we 
really do want to come see your stand-up, and I, hopefully we can coincide on, on Gutfeld. The three of us, we should be, it'd be really fun if the three of us showed up right. sometime. I learned so much doing those love lines with you, Doc, because you know what, you know what I also learned about you know, sciences was it's a regularity. Because there was so many times, I did it so many times with you. After a while, I could, because of you, I was able to figure out what the problem was. You know, you said, well, oh, this clinical is clinical science. Happened. Yes. Yes. Clinical yeah, science. Yes. When you, and that's what, that's what Adam always said. He goes, he goes, Adam said it this way because people go, Adam, who, how are you to say, you know, to offer advice? And how do you know? He goes, because I've heard of thousands and thousands of calls and, the, and these patterns begin developing. He goes, he goes, he goes, if you're going to study polar bears, you study about 20 of them and you watch the patterns and then you kind of understand polar bears. Humans are not, there's a lot of more variation, but it's not that different in terms of these little short assessments anyway. And, and that's why, right. but it so, did some of the same, the same basic kind of problems and the, but it was great. And also yeah. the thing about what really made me angry about the New York times attacking you is because you have spent your life, mm -hmm. Dr. Drew, helping people and educating people and making them feel comfortable and never talking over people's heads. You would have somebody like me, who's just this, this ignorant comedian, no medical degree. And you'd let me talk about things because it was coming from a place of experience and that place, you didn't put us down just because you have letters after your name, like so many of these other experts. And, and you Jamie, never talk down. Jamie, you'll be shocked. Jamie, you'll be shocked to know we're still doing that to this day. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> Super happy. I heard. I heard for a while there you were a real Pinot. <laughs> <laughs> it really the <laughs> the word is actually Conard. Conard. That's oh, okay. actually the oh, yeah, word. And I and it's I thought. And I thought. <laughs> Yeah. No, canard is duck. That That's one of the weird things about French. C-A is duck. C-O is asshole. It's a very weird well, That's one. right. Yeah, I remember I, had a, I, had a, I was uh, making that yeah. one time, conard, and nobody wanted to come over. Conard So, Jamie, we're going to let you. Are you, in, are you in Alaska right now? Uh, I'm no. in Florida right, in now. right now. I'm in, uh, hmm. where am I? I'm in... Uh, I'm at the, the Sarasota at this nice place hanging out. I got two nights off at that long, you know, the, the Longboat Key Island there. And um, I, I hit up I, we, this weekend. It was all sold out. And I got some shows coming up this weekend. But we're almost, we're almost all sold out. Orlando Improv, Miami, and Port Charlotte. So I'm here for another week. Beautiful. Well, you can come on and plug some gigs. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, I love Not only you, that, I'm just thinking you, you, you've you, now. How does your ex-wife feel about things now that you're a massive success? Ha! I didn't I think want to bring it up. They thank God they don't get the news up there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, Jamie. Yeah, thank you for stopping by. I just wanted to surprise Rob and uh, love you, Rob. good to see you. Hopefully, love we'll you, cross paths soon. I'll talk to you later. Hey, Ray, Jamie. All right, we'll do. So uh, speaking of comedy, we are going to do a live After Dark on November 6th at the Chelsea Markets, part of the New York Comedy Festival with Jimmy Fela and Kat Timpf. November 6th, Susan is producing that. I was very excited about it. Do you want to say something about it? Oh, yeah. Whoop, oh, can't hear you. Your nope, not hearing you. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, technical. Yeah, um, yeah I think uh, Caleb's making a link at drdrew.com slash New York Comedy. And we also need to put a link up to the October 27th thing, the thing in San Jose. Yeah. We and do that too. he's going to show that poster too. And the link. Okay. he's going to make a link for that. I think he, Caleb, what did I say it was going to be? 
there it is. There's the poster right there. Truth tellers <laughs> called truth tellers. I, I, again, I'm the moderate moderator. I'm moderate, moderate, moderate. Yeah. But speaking it's of moderate, um, you're open to debate and discussion, ahead. which is what that's how we get. We have to discuss everything. There's no subjects in a, in, yep. in a free society that should not be talked about. And I, I do think we have to, I, to do that. And then to come to a, to a place where we don't demonize, we can discuss and, and disagree. And, and hopefully if somebody has a better point than me, I'll be more than willing to to hear it and also adjust to some of my preconceptions and foundational thinking. You know, not always, and, and, but I, you know what this this Israeli Palestinian thing has led to some language and some proclamations that are really uncomfortable to hear. And I thought, well, at least we're doing it. At least people say it; they feel they can. And and I I, I would I would uh, guarantee and defend those people's rights on either side to say things, even when I, I just don't like them at all. Uh, I think, yes. You, and, and I noticed we kind of tolerated it. I, I was kind of proud of people. Well, you have to, the, all the alternative to, um, to free speech is tyranny. The idea, I want to hear what people have to say. And, and the, truthfully, the free speech isn't to protect the good stuff that you like. It's to protect the horrible yeah. stuff. Because where do you draw the line and who gets to draw the line? And I, I do think who like gets to? part of this, this COVID experience was really an eye-opener to find out like who can be silenced. And if they could silence doctors, if they can silence mm -hmm. scientists, then they can, they, and if they can ruin the careers of these people, then they can ruin anybody. Yeah, here's a Claire Cat saying question authority. That's right. Not only question authority, but the comedians and the journalists were the ones constantly picking at authority that was their job now they're towing the line of authority it's such a weird if you've lived through all that it's so weird to see it reverse like that well what happened was there became a point and then glenn greenwald brings this up too where you know in the 70s you had uh people who uh who didn't come from wealth to got into journalism they went into journalism to go after the man to not support mm -hmm. government Correct. talking points yeah now you have more wealthier yeah. people that kind of come into it with an agenda trying to to kind of support this uh the uh, the partisan politics and the objectivity of journalism has now gone out the window and it's been replaced by this uh you know 95 percent of the part partisan uh, journalism is is one-sided and it's just liberal intelligentsia Oh, here, there's the piece. So Look at that is. right there. Yeah. So let's go. Let's work our way through it. We're going to go through it line by line and see how it has aged. Okay. You ready? So glad to use your picture, not mine. I, I know. I noticed that. I had forgotten that was in there, but I thought, all right. So that's interesting. Uh, so way, here I we go. Misinformation. Yeah. Jeremy didn't didn't contest it. Say it again. Contest, say, say, well, I you I saw some of your tweets. They weren't exactly uh, warm and friendly, but but, <laughs> but I retweeted it today. Uh, they were, uh, but they were although they were excoriating, they were accurate, man. They were accurate. Yes. Yeah. Let's go over it. All right. So here's the beginning. Misinformation about the coronavirus continues to circulate across swaths of the American media, on popular podcasts, in blog posts, in online videos, and on primetime cable news shows as recently as this week. So he opens with already selling past the sale. So his, his yes. statement is he, he's already saying misinformation is a thing and I can tell you what it is. That's what he opens yeah. with. He doesn't discuss what is misinformation. How do we know misinformation? He already decided he knows. The misinformation? 
It is, it is, it is what happened. I forget the, there's an, a, there's a Latin term for it in law. It's petitio de blah, blah, blah. But it basically make an assumption and then an accusation and then use that accusation as proof. Right. There That's you go. That's exactly what they've done. So some of the disseminators are entertainers. Others are medical doctors. Some are conservatives who insist the virus is being hyped for political purposes. What do we think about that statement? <laughs> it's laughably, uh, uh, you know, true. I mean, it basically, it, it's like yes. he was his own weekly right. board there. That's right. Oh, and here comes Rob. One is a comedian with no medical training. By the way, I saw somebody on the, the Twitter, on the chat room saying, Rob has no medical training, which Rob pointed out to you. He has no medical training. Uh, who has I raised doubts about vaccinating children. So that's at least accurate. Yes, <laughs> at least accurate. yes I have. I'm, I'm an American and I, I, I observe and I also notice that I've, I've been with parents who've, who said their children well, are Hold on. Don't, don't, don't listen. Let's not get into that. Okay, yeah, well, not, yeah, that's a different. Okay. That's a different topic. Even as okay. President Trump and the federal government's top health officials warn that the virus is not something to be taken lightly, did we ever say the virus is not something to be taken lightly? Did we ever just say ignore it? Or I, I remember yeah, my just, my my mistake was I compared it to other things. I kept saying, "Look, we went through H one N one, killed three hundred thousand people, and you don't even know it happened." President Obama elected not to make a big deal out of it. I had H1N1. It was horrible. And it killed no, a yeah, lot of a people. But you it it's one thing if we had all, if we'd been all aware of it and concerned about it and working to reduce it. No, you don't even know it happened. So we're going from a, a serious virus where you don't know, you didn't even know, to a virus that's more serious, and now we're destroying the world over it. Now uh, something's missing. Something, something, there's like some, something there's some steps in between that we could be missing. taking. Yeah. This is missing is that no one died of the flu for a year. No one mm. died of there's a normal flu. Too. So hmm, yeah. we have to question these things. But continue, please. This is getting fun. Okay. <laughs> the authorities reported more coronavirus deaths in the United States on Wednesday. And this was a deadly virus. These commentators make misleading comments, cherry pick facts, and go so far as to claim that the virus could be a hoax or a North Korean plot. So that was uh, some of the politicians. That wasn't you or I, right? Getting, yeah, yeah. So, so they're tying us into that, to that, those insane statements. You know, I mean, because there was yeah. the, the inflation and the conflate, I should say the conflation of everyone who died yeah. automatically being assumed. I mean, you know, because it was scary at the time. It's like, well, this guy's parachute didn't open and he died of COVID. My goodness, everyone's getting right. it, you know? So you right. had that now, now this is the... Uh, Yes, and the conflation and probably the appropriate time to use Conard also. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise, for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> he came right. 
Well, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis versicolor mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's non-addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for a discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. So so here we go. Here I come in. <laughs> so Dr. Rupinski, celebrity addiction specialist, who's HL, this is, this is I'm gonna, before I read it, I'm going to tell you this is categorically false and untrue. Specialist whose HLN cable news program was canceled after he speculated in 2016 that Hillary Clinton might be seriously ill. Uh, so none of that happened. Uh, a, the cancellation of my show was three months before all the controversy about some comments I made about Hillary's health care. Not her. She was seriously ill. She had a transverse sinus thrombosis and a stroke. My whole criticism, my whole commentary was how crappy her health care was. I was really concerned that I could sort of, I can smell when celebrities have doctors with a celebrity's calling the shots, and I could just smell it there. And I was like, hey, they've got her on armor thyroid, which is, causes hypercoagulation. She's had a transverse sinus thrombosis. Why are they treating with Coumadin and not Eliquis or one of these other new anticoagulants? And by the way, so I made a whole series of criticisms of her healthcare, to which her doctors adjusted her care, changed it, and got proper consultation. You so, alive. It's your No, it's the same thing. But the thing is, once yeah. you go down that road, the, the next thing, Drew, they're going to say that, that you're yeah. going to accuse uh, Elvis's doctors of being uh, giving him the wrong treatment. I mean, and if anybody <laughs> right, was taking care right. of somebody famous person, it was Elvis's doctors. Well, That's I, the problem. I see it, so it, much it, of that, Rob. I see a lot of that. You see, well, truthfully, famous people, it doesn't help you. You don't want to be a Dr. Basil Salame, who's a, a chief of. Um, that's why I think I know so much about medicine, you know? <laughs> I have friends who do, so I can talk a little bit. But doc, Dr. Basil Salame, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, he's the chief of surgery there. Um, he said that you don't want to be a famous person. You don't want to be treated as a famous person because then they take you yeah. and they put you in a special room, very far away from all the machines and the yeah. nurses. You want to be in this in the same area as everybody else, close to the machines. It's like yeah. you know when Lincoln, yeah. Lincoln probably would have survived. This is uh, he would have been obviously had brain damage and everything, but they had. Uh, I think it was 11 or 17 different doctors keep putting their finger in the wound, pushing the bullet yep. further into his brain. And so when yep. you think about it, it's yep. like you and, just want to be and, a normal person. Yep. No, that's exactly right. And look, uh, doc, I, it's probably the case that who is the most famous doctor that signed the uh, Declaration of Independence? I'm blanking on his name. But he he killed George Washington. He, oh, yeah, he, blood, he did. He blood, he, he blood let him so much, he bled to death, essentially. Yeah, he, he had pneumonia, and they kept bloodletting him. He prevented a young doctor from giving him a tracheotomy so he could breathe. He said, there's this new treatment that's, that's happening right. in France. You are not to cut the throat of our great president and founder of our country. We will let him die now. And that's what they did. No, not not let him die. We will bleed him. <laughs> we will, bleed, we will a, let him. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Rush. Yeah. Benjamin Rush. Thank you, Benjamin Rush. Um, you so accused, how do we get down that honest, path? Well the, well, the Hillary Clinton thing, where you were, well, I yeah. wish they would just be honest, the press, and just say, listen, 
he yeah. he may know what he's talking about because he's a certified doctor and he knows medicine, yeah. but he, he's not helping the Democratic presidential campaign. You can't do it. At least be honest about that. And if they would have said that, then I could respect that. But the fact that they just attack you. By the way, you Rob, that, that that same day, I, it was my radio station that had me make that. I, I was on Don Lemon's show the night before. And on that yeah. show, Lemon, as he always does, was like, what's up with this narcissist, this nut, this crazy, this Trump guy? And I, and I, and I was sort of, you know, analyzing him. I, I was not particularly uh, kind to President Trump. But I said one thing. I said, hey, be careful, because I described two other cases. One was a severe depressive, and the other was a narcissist bipolar. And I said, would either of these guys be president? He's like, oh, no, no. And I said, well, that's Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt. So we got to be really careful when we, you know, we start talking mental health with our leaders. It, it just, it, you know, it just, it's just you got to be cautious. So I did that same thing, by the way, with that Yale professor that came out and she announced that Trump was not suitable for office, and I described in detail, Abraham Lincoln's medical history to her. And she was like, well, that guy shouldn't be president. I went, you just eliminated Abraham Lincoln. Well done, doctor. Uh, so, like any event. Uh, like George S. Patton. Believe me, we needed that yeah. extreme megalomaniacal <laughs> narcissist yeah. to take his troops yeah. 48 hours in a row and think he can get them to, 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 to break out through the Battle of the Bulge. And it was George Patton. They didn't yeah. want to use him. Yes, he, he slapped right. a... a uh, he slapped a soldier for for having battle fatigue and for not wanting to fight yeah. because he was actually PSD, we call it now. And so he was, you know, and rightly told to to that was that was a terrible thing to do. But then you need people like this. It's like you know, and my own mother, yeah, like right. she survived the Japanese occupation of the Philippines, and she uh, she's the reason they survived because she was brave and she just was going to do things that maybe some other people didn't do. But that's how the family survived. These people aren't necessarily the most calm and peaceful after the war. I mean, I wish I would have known more mm. about it. I know more about it now and the trauma that she went through and how she saw life and how, you know, and it's like there's a great mm. doctor, you would, you know, Dr. Gabor Mate. He was, he worked with me for a little while. I know and Gabor. he said, so you don't, think you, I know were, Gabor. you were, you weren't, a, yeah, he's brilliant. And he said, you don't think you were generationally traumatized? Like, I said, what's generational trauma? Well, that's the second generation. Well, oh, how could I be? I wasn't in the and I said, well, what, tell me about you. What do you do? He said, well, my, he said, your mother starved during the war. Is there anything that you do that? Uh, and I thought, well. Ford food. I, I never go anywhere ever without food on me. Ever. And he said, where do you think you got that from? And I was like, so I didn't realize it can be transferred from the womb, you know? And it can be, you know, well, that generational there, there's trauma. there's two ways. Yeah. One is one is through behavior like that, and the other they has some evidence of some epigenetic passage too. So we're we're, we're this is a big deal. And Gabor has been highlighting the the trauma and international trauma. I mean, it, trauma is the the thing. And by the way, all the scapegoating is a mechanism of trauma survivors and stuff. I mean, this is it is. I mean, study because that's the way France, man. That's that's where this yeah, happened well, before. All this stuff. Well, you have the, well, the difference between the French Revolution and the glorious American Revolution was the American Revolution, well, the French just killed everybody and killed everybody who killed everybody. Whereas mm -hmm. the American Revolution, they hang on to, uh, they, they basically, they kept uh, the rule of law and they kept private property mm -hmm. and they just, they, they made this about individual rights. And so that's why it was so unique about, as opposed to the French Revolution and the Russian Revolution, which is just to kill everybody and destroy, uh, start, start from the bottom, right. destroy civilization from the very beginning. From the very beginning. 
but they had a lot of commonalities in terms of the psychology and some of the some of the uh, strategies and things uh, remarkably. But anyway, here, let's keep reading. Uh, Drew has condoned on his current web program, flouting the directives of public health officials who are urging Americans not to go about their business as usual. Boy, that turned out to be the right thing. Um, well, because here's what I, you I, unfortunately, I got to tell you, I caved to that, actually. I, I actually switched that. I was doing a nightly program on, on Fox 11, and when Newsom came out and shut everything down, I went, all right, I, I must be missing something. It, it is a hard decision he had to make, but okay, I'll, I'll stand by my leaders and be a good citizen. Little did I know that two years later, I'd be going, what the hell? What are we doing here? What well, is this all about? Is, I, mean, what is that? I can say that I was also, I was also sucked into the, um, well, this is not affecting people who are healthy. It is true. It is not affecting yeah. detrimentally people who are basically healthy. And that turned out to be correct. As far as 70% of the people who died from the coronavirus yes. were, were well, very the obese. Age, the, health problems. The, I mean, the age thing, the age thing was being hidden from us, consciously hidden from us. It, 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 and yeah, and so I, I recognize all, that in retrospect. Yeah. That was Dr. Fauci's tactic with HIV and AIDS too. What's that? That, that, that? The idea is to shut down debate and discussion right away mm -hmm. and dissenters. We have to eliminate them all. And if you take a look at what the real, I mean, it, it, if you start to go down the rabbit hole, which you and I did, obviously, was you start to realize, okay, well, where did this shutdown stuff happen? Well, first, the first country that they shut down was Italy and then Spain. And then so, but where is the information that they were getting? Well, it was coming from Imperial College in London. Who was doing this uh, research? And then, you know, it's Neil Ferguson. Okay, well, who funds Imperial College and who funded this? And where are these statistics coming from? And that's coming from China. So it's all, it starts to all kind of come around to really the, the bankruptcy. And it wasn't just, it was the financial bankruptcy. It was the moral and ethical bankruptcy mm -hmm. of the West, which is what happened. And when you give your mm -hmm. authority away, when you stop questioning, that's when you make yourself susceptible to tyranny. And that's that's the very definition of, of it. If you or, don't, or, have or, choice. or we have people participating in it. That's the part that surprised me. People participating in the tyranny. I, I always well, recall ugly, this uh, young. Go ahead, the ugly. Well, you you got to see people who behave very badly. Who uh, these are friends of mine, and some people that I did call out. And you know, when you when you want to isolate and 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 dehumanize people and say that they shouldn't believe and shouldn't live in society and shouldn't get medical treatment. I mean, that was like, I mean, I'm still waiting for Jimmy Kimmel to apologize for that. Cause frankly, I thought that was just below. He, he's a good person. And I, I think that he showed an element of weakness there that he should apologize for and be aware of. Cause we all have the potentiality to lose our humanity at a certain point, depending on where we're pushed. And it is just amazing where that threshold is. And for some people, unfortunately, it was pretty low. So this guy goes on, Dr. Pinsky has also, I love this, handed over his program to the comedian Rob Schneider. <laughs> I just handed it over. Thank I'm you. sure today we can say the same thing. <laughs> uh, a you former Saturday Night Live performer. <laughs> I, got, I love his use of language. I was also a writer. He says the coronavirus crackdowns. Yeah, I know. Who says the coronavirus crackdowns are nothing more than political stunts by elected officials seeking the spotlight. Mr. Schneider, who also opposed mandatory vaccines for children, appeared Monday on Dr. Pinsky's program and talked about going out to dinner in defiance of the new guidelines. How dare you? Well, can I just tell you that was also a lie? Because they, they, I went out to dinner 
on that uh, Sunday and it didn't go into effect on Monday. So he is a, a sleazy liar because if he would have just done his research or uh, I didn't, so that wasn't in defiance. It was as, as a last dinner where I know they're going to close everything down. And I, and, and I got to tell you, I, these people love to get publicity. I mean, you can say that uh, I can very, very easily say and, and, and mean that, you know, Governor Newsom liked getting his face out there every day talking about things, what he can do and, and, and didn't mean it. And he was a hypocrite and proved hypocritical. The only reason he apologized for not wearing a mask at the French laundry is because someone took a picture of him and had proof. Otherwise he didn't yeah. care about it. He would have right, never done it. He didn't really believe it. And isn't that the fact they don't really believe these things. They just use them for political gain. And so I think I was correct. And you were correct they, in the whole article. Thank well, you. Jeremy last, here's the last <laughs> What's his name? Jeremy S. What? Jeremy S. Peters, New York Times. Thank you for Please being email. so accurate. So here's here's his last gas, and then he goes on to other people. <laughs> this is not. This is in quotes now. This is not affecting people who are healthy. Mister Schneider said falsely. <laughs> I first of all, this is not affecting detrimentally people who have of or are of good health. And I like that he already says uh, he had already made that predetermined uh, 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 that conclusion himself, that that was false. Yeah. Uh, offering he, no he, who, he who, who takes aim at you for not being a medical expert is expressing a freaking medical opinion himself. <laughs> Yeah. How disgusting that is that? How how upside down? And then, then they go on to go after me. Dr. Pinsky agreed, saying sick people should stay home, but everyone else go about their business. And I'm wow. sure I said elderly That's people cool. too. Yeah. Yeah. I think isn't I that said just, that. You, you might have. Isn't that just sum up everything? It, it was. But what? What have we learned from this experience? What have we learned? What? Where can we go from mm. this? What are the signs that we're being lied to next time? Or will there be any signs? There, uh, will there be repercussions? I know you're saying you're hopeful that there will be, but there hasn't been. We've reelected these people. People want to move on from these painful mm. things. They do. So you have oh, the you have the potential for the same rhetoric, for the same lockdowns, and the same things. I I hope that people because when they started uh, talking about masks again in Los Angeles, which is a very liberal place, they knew not to push it too far because they were getting enough pushback. And I, I think that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. In a way, hopefully, I will say this experience, I'm hoping, is an, you like this, an inoculation for future prevention of tyranny. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And uh, our, our producer, Emily, said, you know, she, I, the, the, her quote is, uh, calls into the New York Times newsroom went unanswered, which we tried multiple <laughs> times to get his, uh, his, we did, we tried to get his, his take also, I tried to get them to correct some of the stuff back in April 2020. I would have accepted his apology. I would have accepted Jeremy uh, S. Peters, New York Times, his apology. Because I know what pressure yeah. he was under and what he was told to write. He wasn't thinking for himself. Yeah. This is stuff. So I would have completely accepted his apology. It just is, is still forthcoming and may never come. And that's what they hope for. They hope that you don't call them on any of this. Because they don't get called on it, Drew. Except on your show, which you've given you to me. You and I both, we, tr we tried to call them on it back in April of 2020, and they just blew us off. We called uh, the attorneys, yeah, too. Yeah, we, we had. And didn't you almost, like, lose a job or something? 
Rob, well. Rob, yeah. or, or Rob, yeah. did you lose it? No, I was fired. Hang on. Hey, baby, there's somebody at the door. Ma- Ma- Mandy, can you get the door, please? <laughs> Mandy, get the door, please. Thank oh, no, it's Jeremy. Oh, it's Jeremy. Okay. Well, <laughs> no, I did. I was fired of, off of, uh, of a, of a um, I don't want to say the streaming service's name, but it rhymes with Schmetflix, uh, for, for, uh, for, vaccine, <laughs> for my vaccine sense. And, but I didn't go public with it because I honestly understood where they were coming from and they were having it. That was their policy. Yeah. And I didn't take it personal. And I, I do think I was hoping, and I, I think that they will, they will get over it. And I do think we do need to, um, we do need to exercise our forgiveness, not forgetfulness, yes. but our forgiveness. Yeah. And yes. I, I would be more than happy yes. to forgive yes. anybody. Be more than happy to forgive all those people who who who've defamed me and and who said horrible things about me and accused me of killing grandma on the internet. I forgive you because I don't I don't even need your apology. I forgive you for it. But it would be nice if people would acknowledge yeah, that the fact too. that there's a tendency. There is a tendency for us and as, as human beings to be intolerant and from that horrible things could happen mm. and and that intolerance needs oh, to be absolutely. confronted each of us needs to look at ourselves and go how can we make ourselves better human beings and i know that one day i'm going to do that and i hope you will too drew <laughs> <laughs> now. so i i you asking what kinds of things we can look for as clues to we're getting into another problem i to me the hysteria was the the the, the hysterical yeah. quality was the part that i and the first thing that caught me was my ear i was hearing the same words from the press and the words were meaningless literally the first thing i heard was there have been 30 covid deaths in the united states staggering numbers staggering and i thought what word are we going to use when we get to 100,000 what 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 are we going to use what, why are you saying this is staggering this so staggering is the first word that was the first word that caught, caught my attention then this other one went on and on and on and it's actually his last two words in his or this article jeremy used it in this article let me read it mr paul meaning uh, we're talking about ron paul here pointed to the small us us death toll at the time which was at the time he was speaking nothing that noting that it was not even over 100 people it has quickly reached that grim milestone grim milestone that those wow. are the two words if you see staggering or grim milestone <laughs> you know your something is up or it, my other theory was, or maybe it's just the the, the press or the 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 um, propagandists get on to a word. They just get going with a word. Maybe it's not always grim milestone or not always staggering, but it's some word that somebody uses and they go, oh, that's the word. I'm going to use that. And it's used in every report over and over. And that's how I knew it was wrong and hysterical and wrongheaded. Yeah. In the witch burnings, yeah. in the witch burnings in Salem, the difference between the the people who did the witch trials and this woke uh, and scientism, which is a, a, a taking science and making a religion of it, at least the people who burned people who burned witches, even they have humility and know that they were below, they were beneath Jesus's, and they needed Jesus for redemption. They were below that. They had some, whereas the new group of people don't feel like they're beholden to anything or anyone. And they, they are this, mm. this righteousness that is, that is above anything. So I, I find that, that that is unique. And we should be careful of that in the future 
to keep an eye on that, uh, that intolerance, and, and, that new and, indoctrination. And, new, new indoctrination. And also the sin and dirty and so the, it's, it's grandiose caring, self-righteousness, mm-hmm. and then being able to see the sinful and the unconverted. That, that's, the, that's the construct. And that's what we've been dealing with. So. And then the scapegoating. Mm. I'm glad we solved all these problems so quickly. This is a fun little I'm with you. You are you you are calming, and I always feel better. And that's that's why you you've been such a help for for all of us over these years. And that's why like it was so important for 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 them to attack you because you were a voice of reason, and they couldn't have reason mm-hmm. at that time. They had to. Uh, they had to expel reason. Right. right. It, it think, turned out that was part of their playbook. The, the playbook was to go for people with pedigrees, who people listened to, who were reasonable. Jay Bhattacharya, guys like that, Robert Malone, they just had to go after them. You know, what's interesting, yeah. You a little while ago you were talking about uh, pregnant women and how we don't let them take any medication, which is true. I've always said this. I don't let any, I don't let pregnant women take any medication. I just, that's my policy. And I, I was doing my board reviews and as for internal medicine, I came upon my rheumatology questions, these hundreds and hundreds of questions we have to go through. And in one question, mm-hmm. they pointed out that hydroxychloroquine, which is a routine medication for our mild lupus patients, hydroxychloroquine is so inert and ha- harmless, you should continue it while women are pregnant and not even think about it. Well, that is and I thought, oh my God, it's the, it's the only medication I can think of where that, that recommendation was explicit. Like just keep the hydroxychloroquine going because it, it's, it's a nothing. And I thought, yep, uh, there we are. And people who'd never heard of that medication before had strong opinions about it. That is, <laughs> again, that's the rational, irrational certainty, irrational certainty, hubris. Those are the enemies. What do you say to like the CDC knowingly lying and calling uh, ivermectin horse paste and y'all need to not take this what, what, what is there any comeuppance for those people does that person get fired who tweeted that can we have i, I mean, don't know can they they, they took that down they they took that down and uh, I, 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 there were there was so much so much craziness so much craziness more, at the same time more, you don't know this yeah on the cd on the cdc website for uh, refugees or uh what do they call what's the other what's the other word for refugees, asylum seekers from oh, yeah. most countries in the world, the CDC to requires them to take f- five days of ivermectin. Yeah, you have Before to. Before you come into yeah. the country. That's unbelievable. Correct. Everybody. Yeah. Unbelievable. On the website. On there. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Is that the, is they that didn't the page, delete it. Uh, Caleb? This is, that's on Twitter. They actually, oh, it they was the FDA. It. The FDA didn't delete this. Yeah, the FDA did that. Yeah. Oh, my God. But I, I, I think people have all been. To it, and I think that people will will not be shy about asking questions, and hopefully they will be shy about silencing others. That's my hope. I mean, that's that's what I got to cling to. So. It's still the greatest country and, in the history and, of the world. And, and we have to see about cleaning up this uh, capture thing. The, the one of my you mentioned the very early in our conversation. You mentioned um, uh, uh, crap. What's his name? The, the Robert Kennedy, uh, son of the no, you mentioned uh, Hunter Hunter Biden, and oh, yeah, and, yeah. and I, my biggest fear about Hunter Biden is the shenanigans. The reason he is that his shenanigans have been allowed 
because they're all involved in shenanigans. That that's what scares me the most. That if they if they started uncovering what he was up to, they all would have blood on their hands, so to speak. That to scares reinforce. me a lot. You have to have the same laws for everybody. And when you have a law on mm. the books, you're not supposed to protest in front of the Supreme Court justice's house or any or any judge. And you don't enforce that because it's a different ideology. Well, then you were just showing to the American public that there are there are two systems of justice in America. And that's not okay. And, and that needs to be rectified. And I will say that America can come back from this and will come back from this. Just like in the Wilson administration, another very progressive presidency, where they put in the uh, IRS, which is supposed to be temporary, uh, that's been there ever since. But they also, he threw into uh, prison any, he ran as an anti-war uh, presidential candidate, Woodrow Wilson. And then, of course, yeah, you know, got us into the war and put in, and then put in, just imprisoned any war protesters, just threw them in prison. So America has yeah. gone down. Yeah, that was, we were, and we'll it, come back from this too. And, and that was the original sort of beginning of the modern interpretation of the first amendment and free speech speech was the Wilson yes era. as a matter of fact in the congressional record they put in propaganda i wasn't going to mention that but yes that's true it's like we need to talk and we need to lie to the american public to talk to them and, and that's where the uh, they said the hunter ripping apart belgian babies so just be very careful as we move into this um and moving into this uh, this war, this war in the Middle East now, just be very careful and ask for proof now. When things are, when they say the Iranians paid for things, don't just make. We can't just make assumptions. I mean, maybe they did. Everything looks like they did, but can can we not jump to? We have to be careful talking about war and expanding wars. How we make judgments moving forward, and that we need to question, just like we need to question, and and what we proved out to what we our questions were valid questions three years ago during COVID. We need to continue to allow the questioning of everything that our government does, and especially in the area of war. So it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very, it's a lesson. And like I would say, it's important that moderates, and I'm a moderate, you're a moderate, that we are allowed to speak and ask yeah. questions. Anything our government does, or the free speech, it doesn't mean anything. Rational uncertainty, but Rob, you're not a military expert. How dare you talk about anything? Anything? About, don't even discuss war because you're not a military expert. How dare you? Tomorrow to slam me on that, and I got the perfect writer, well, Jeremy S. Peters. <laughs> so, all right. Well, listen. Uh, great to talk to you. We we sometimes do get in trouble, you and I. So we'll see what happens. I had to get an insurance policy we'll before happens. we had you on the show today. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Well, let's see if I'm still working next weekend. <laughs> all right. We'll all go see Jamie and you're going to come up to, to uh, San Jose and see me on October 27th. And then the New York comedy festival, on November, November 6th, October 27th, November 6th. And uh, Rob, anything you want to put out there? Yeah, I'm going to be in uh, Roanoke, Virginia on Saturday and Friday. I think I'm going to be uh, um, at an opera house in Virginia. I don't know the other place. I'm sorry, wow. but uh, I'll be in Virginia. You can oh, look it up, Rob Schneider. Opera House. It's beautiful. The people I, working there love it because it's just a microphone. They have nothing to clean up after, you know, a microphone stand, and then they just <laughs> throw away my bottle of wine. Good and then acoustics. They, they, yeah. But well, thanks for but having. The, me. They, it. Yeah, it. And I think I think you will probably encounter people that watch today's show and will probably show their appreciation. So yeah, we have a big crowd out there on Rumble yeah. today too. It'll be interesting to see what they say. We love you. All right, Rob, it's we've always- kept we've been very generous with your time. Good turnout on YouTube too. Yeah, we've uh, kept you long enough, my friend. We'll hopefully see you in person soon. And hi to Patricia for me and Susan. All right, we'll do lots of love, Susan. Take care.
Love you. Bye. All right, guys. See you soon. It's so funny. I'm thinking about when he was on our show. It was called Dose of Dr. Yes, Drew. Yes, back then. And I was looking at the the studio and we, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I produced it. It's, it's pretty funny. We put it up on rumble for you guys to, to see my uh, tech skills back in the day. Back in the day. And then Caleb stepped in and cleaned things He's up. Like, yeah. And then when we stopped doing dose of Dr. Drew, nobody went, Oh, what happened to dose of Dr. Drew? Not one person. I know. Well, it kind of morphed. They were this. so happy <laughs> to see me go. <laughs> but uh, Peter McCullough tomorrow with Kelly Victory, John Stockton with Kelly Victory, Scott Adams coming in next week. It was supposed to be the fake Swami, but they have ghosted us a little bit. Uh, that was one of our special guests. Michael Turner with Kelly Victory the following week, and Carrie Lake has agreed to come in October 19th. So we got a lot of good Yo. stuff coming up the next couple of weeks. Uh, tomorrow is our normal time, Yeah, everybody. but if anybody's in New York, o'clock. get tickets to the comedy festival because it's going to be a fun week and... Kat Timp and Jimmy Fallon, who was on our show, did really well. They're coming on to, you know, do an Ask Dr. Drew, and you can ask him questions in person. I would love that. Uh, yeah, um, Nom Nom Yam is asking why we interviewed Kevin McKiernan. Uh, stand by. That's all I'm saying. Stand by. We've got a lot of people on deck, uh, and a lot of people are trying to load things up also october 27th with uh, osim malhatra and uh, great rf kennedy jr if you're in san jose excited. that might be the 28th as well oh it says it says 28th on the event yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a saturday i was think we originally i thought it was a friday and i got that in my head you're right it's 20 you thought it was the week before i did that that's too. when you have two doctors book a show they book the wrong day <laughs> oh well if you listen to his recording he left me a voicemail he goes hey man are you free on october 20th on it literally sounds like october 20th but, but his australian and, accent but he got said in the way. saturday october 20th and i should have should have checked it's it. okay we're going we change our plans we'll be in um you're going to be in uh orlando and boca raton the week before on, and we're going to fly in so, so look for but that i don't day. think the thing you're doing in uh orlando is public private no that's for a pharmacy group that's for a organization of pharmacists. But if you so. see Drew cruising around Boca Raton, say hi. Yeah, we love it down there. And uh, are we doing David Rubin while we're down there? No, no, no. he's out. Of, he's going out of the country. How about Viva Fry? Viva Fry, yes. Okay, we're doing. We're going to do his show on. Locals. All right, be good to meet him in person. All right, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow, three o'clock Pacific time. Correct, everybody. Usual time. He's going to take us fishing. Up. Remember. Usual time before I talk about the <laughs> fishing. I don't really <laughs> want to go yes. fishing. Just yes. Tomorrow's tomorrow at three o'clock Pacific o'clock with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Kelly Victory. Yeah, don't, don't and then it. Thursday it's early again because we have to catch a plane home. Right. It's at noon. I believe so. Noon Pacific. Yeah. Sorry, it's early, everybody, but we're on a travel schedule. Yeah, we've got these weird travel schedules that screw us up, and. Uh, Yes, and that will be with uh, John Stockton and Kelly Victory, 12 noon Pacific time. There we go. All right, we'll see you then. See you tomorrow at 3 o'clock Pacific. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 
273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.